Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Cassie Cho is an independent journalist and the founder and editor in chief of Almost, a media outlet on Instagram covering world news stories for young people. Cassie amazes me with her ambition to bring world news to the young people in Taiwan and the world, so that they are not deprived of knowledge about what's going on out there, but in a language that's not degrading but acceptable to them. That can be a difficult task, but she seems to be doing a good job. Cassie's wonderful in that, even though she doesn't like appearing in front of camera, she overcomes that dislike in order to bring important and fast news to the young audience. I really mean fast news because she talks really fast and without stuttering. I can't even do that as a news anchor myself. Today, she talks more about almost. Well, you probably have already said why, but the thing is that why on young people and why in particular women? Yeah, I mean, I think young people because you know they're the future. They're going to be the people who are sort of you know they're going to be making the decisions. And I think in recent years we've really seen like the rise in like youth activism, um, mm-hmm. as we've sort of seen with like Greta Thunberg with like the climate change movement. Yes. Um, when I was running the World Account, um, it became the fastest growing news account on Instagram in 2018. So it was like 50,000 followers, and it went up to like like I think 800,000 followers or so mm-hmm. in like a year. Um, and what was exciting about that was that. You know, all of these hundreds of thousands of people. The majority of them were young people, and mostly young women as well. Who were, and then you know, you'd look at the comments, and it'd be like mm-hmm. they'd be really engaging with sort of the content that we were sharing. Um, and then you know, I'd be receiving DMs, and you know, if something massive happened around the world, I'd wake up and there'd be like a hundred messages in the inbox, being like, "Hey, why haven't you covered this thing? Like, oh. why haven't you covered this thing that happened in my country? I'm happy to talk to you about it. I know somebody." And so it was just really cool to sort of see that they were really. Passionate about the world, and they, you know, they they really crave this to know more about it and to have this content, but it's just like not out there. And mm. I wanted to, you know, seeing this and then sort of seeing like, you know, they were actually like the ones who were already starting to like take action. They're like super smart. They they want news, and they're you know taking to the streets and telling you know adults like you know you need to do more to uh-huh. save the planet, and it's right. it's really incredible and inspiring. And I just wanted to be able to sort of the mission is to sort of inform them um, about important things that are going on around the world, so that we can sort of equip them with the knowledge that they need to make the decisions in the future. Mm. Um, and young women, because you know I think young women are you know predominantly the ones who are actually leading the charge on this, and you know um, they're going to be the future decision makers and I think as as we've seen like young women are super capable and they're and a lot of times they're underserved as well by the media which tend to focus on sort of older sort of audiences um, not necessarily young audiences so I think young women tend to get left out doubly Mm. if we can put it that way right now having like lived abroad so many different places why did you decide to come back to Taiwan yeah, so I, I actually really like Taiwan um, as a place to cover world news. So when oh. I was at BuzzFeed and also at Bloomberg, um, I had the opportunity to report from Taiwan a few times. Uh-huh. And I really, really enjoyed it because I really, first of all, really like this time zone. I think like, you know, for covering world news, it's really nice because you're sort of ahead of everyone else. Right. Um, but also because I think there are so many cool stories here that you don't necess- you won't necessarily be able to cover if you're not here, like in Asia in general. And I mm-hmm. think Asia, there's so many cool stories that come out of Asia and so many times 
sometimes, you know, we'd see like a viral story and then we'd trace it back to its origins. Like it's a viral social news story. Like there was a story I remember of this uh, little girl who dressed up as No Face from um, the Hayao Miyazaki movie uh-huh. for Halloween. And then uh-huh. she was so scary that like her, like all the, there was a photo, a viral meme photo of her classmate cr- crawling away crying. Mm. And so we, we, I was covering this and then we trace it all the way and then it was from Taiwan. And so I ended up, <laughs> you know, interviewing the mom oh. and she sort of explained, you know, why they came up with this concept and all of this. And it was just really, I, I didn't realize that she was from Taiwan, you know. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of cool stories here and not just in Taiwan, in Asia in general. And I think, I think, and media tend to have sort of a very Western centric, a lot of English media tends yes. to be very Western centric, mm. um, which is a shame because, you know, there are cool stories here and there are also cool stories in the Pacific, like, you know, in New Zealand and in, in Australia and some of like the Pacific Islands. Yeah. So I wanted to sort of be here because, you know, I think it's a really... Or like the hub of Asia? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Taiwan is slowly becoming that because as we've sort of seen with like the, the journalists, the foreign journalists who are slowly coming here, moving here, we're starting to see more and more of like stories about Taiwan that are like that move beyond just like the usual, you know, China and the cross-strait relations. And we're able to see like, you know, there are normal people here and, you know, they have their own stories as well and they're doing cool stuff as well. So actually, um, Cassie, you're almost also has a Chinese version to it. Yeah, it yeah, does. So it's bilingual. That's double the work that you've got to do. Yeah, it is. But, but it makes sense that you should have it in Chinese as well. Yeah, at first I had I wasn't really thinking sort of to make it to make a bilingual version. But then, you know, the more that I thought about it, the more that I was like, oh, you know, the mission is to like, you know, tell, you know, to inform young people about stuff that's going on around the world, but also to like tell underreported stories. And I think that like being able to do that in Chinese and to serve this Chinese audience really makes sense. And, you know, if I'm based here, it doesn't make sense that we <laughs> don't have like a Chinese version. And I think in general, like from whatever observed from just like Taiwanese media I think uh, and just like Taiwanese people's sort of news habits I think a lot of times uh, especially I think it's reflective of a wider trend in East Asia where it tends to be quite insular um, and we don't necessarily sort of uh, are are not necessarily as concerned about stuff that's going on outside of the world Mm -hmm. um, than other places but I think in general it's not just Taiwan I think it's really easy for people just to sort of if something doesn't affect you directly or it's not like in close proximity it's really easy to just like well it doesn't affect me so I don't have to care about it but Mm. actually you know the more that you learn about these things you learn that actually it does sort of affect me in some way and you know at the end of the day it's like oh actually maybe it's like the same issue or maybe it's like there is a relation that comes back here or the the consequences of some news event will actually affect how you know, you live your life for forever. True, um, and true. so I think I, what I wanted to do was also make sort of world news a little bit more accessible for people here. Um, because from what I've seen, and as someone who grew up overseas, my Chinese isn't amazing. So sometimes <laughs> I, I remember when I was working at ICRT, when I first joined, I really struggled with sort of like, translating uh, Chinese art news articles into mm-hmm. English because of the way that it's written. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite difficult for someone who is for like, I, I think younger people may not have this issue because they grew up here. But I think it's just sort of breaking it down and making it just more sort of personal and relatable so that people can feel like, oh, it's it's something that I want to engage with versus something that's like, oh, it's news. I have to like mentally prepare myself to like learn about something. I want to make it so that people feel like it's not a chore to like learn about the world and mm. what's going on. And so um, one of the the reasons that is why I wanted to do that for Chinese and I wanted to in Chinese so that, you know, people here in Taiwan can also continue to learn more about the world. And I think there are places that are obviously cover this, but I don't think they're necessarily targeting young audiences here either. 
You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Cassie Cho, the editor-in-chief and founder of Almost, Instagram-based world news media for young people. You don't have an office, do you? Uh, my house is my office. Right. <laughs> I figured. I mean, everything can be done remotely. I yeah, mean, all exactly. you need is just a computer and, you know, the internet. You got to have good Wi Fi and all that. So when you do video news stories, um, yeah. what you just do with your iPhone? Yeah, I actually do. <laughs> my setup is uh, I have a ring light and I have okay. my iPhone on, on my ring light and I just stand in front of my ring light and then I say my lines. Right. <laughs> I know, as simple as that. Anybody's yeah. home can be a studio, right? Yeah. I mean, really, times are changing, so it's just so much easier. What do you think about Taiwan's news media environment as it is now? What do you think? Um, I think, like, are you thinking, like, local or, like, international? Uh, either, yeah, both. I think that, like, in general, speaking from, like, an international perspective, I think that we're starting to see more stories about Taiwan, which is exciting. Um, we're seeing, like, a lot of, you know, more publications relocating their offices here. Um, I'm the activities chair of the Taiwan Foreign Correspondence Club, so I know oh, okay. a lot of the people who are coming here. Uh, uh -huh. But essentially, it's it's exciting because it's like people are starting to see, oh, okay, this is a viable place where you know there are stories, which always existed, but I think it's starting to become more, people are becoming more aware of this. Okay. Um, in terms of like local media, um, I think I, I've started to see like there is more sort of outward looking stories, which I'm finding quite interesting well, that's good um, to know. compared to when I was here, yeah. uh, like ages ago, mm -hmm. um, when I was working at ICRT. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes there are sort of some sensationalist sort of um, <laughs> articles, but that sort <laughs> yeah. of exists everywhere. Like when I was yes. in the UK, we have the Daily Mail and we have the Sun, like, you know, it, it sort of exists everywhere. So mm. um I would say that like from what I've seen in terms of like trends, I would say that the Taiwanese sort of um, media industry is sort of still sort of I would say like the US and the West tends to lead the way in terms of like formats and sort of like trends. So for example, we saw like the podcast boom in the States in like in the West in like 2017, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's sort of starting to happen here. Yeah, right. um, and We're the same as we sort of saw, you know, when Instagram really exploded in the West, now it's like exploding here. And yeah. so I think it's like, it's it's still quite a, like a young industry, I guess. Yeah. And so it's still trying to like sort of figure out and it's sort of learning these trends. But I think it's also difficult because for example, a lot of like the technology sort of companies like Facebook and Instagram, they don't offer a lot of the features that they have um, here in Taiwan um, mm. because of like issues. Yeah, or, it like, depends it's on just, the region, right? Yeah, it depends yeah. on the region. So for example, we don't have reels in Taiwan, which is a really big thing now. And everybody in the West is using it because it's like TikTok basically. But mm people here in Taiwan don't, like media in Taiwan don't have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so that can also sort of hold them back a bit. Well, what about in terms of like, you know, English media? Part of the reason why I left Taiwan uh, after I worked at ICRT for a bit and was here in Taiwan for like two years after graduating was because I wanted to work in English media jobs mm. in, Taiwan, in Taiwan, but they just didn't exist back then, None. you know? Yeah. Um, and I felt like, you know, I was sort of, oh, yes, I've done ICRT now. And, you know, that's pretty much, you know, is there much else? Um, I, you know, yeah. I'd like to have more options. Um, and so now it's really exciting because I feel like for other young women who are here now or the young journalists who are here now, because there's more opportunities for them to work in it's not as much as there could be, but I think we're, there's definitely more than there was. And mm -hmm. so it's been exciting, at least for almost to be able to be like, hey, at least, you know, I, even if, you know, it's just eight 
seven or eight people on my team but it's like you know I'm helping to be, be able to create these opportunities for young journalists who want to do this but they don't want to necessarily have to go overseas in order to do this if they want to mm. do this in Taiwan there's now the opportunity to do that and I think a lot needs to be done I do yeah. think that there are a lot of sort of startups and there are a lot of sort of media companies who are just sort of like smaller sort of independent places that are sort of popping up here and there mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's still quite early to tell whether like they'll survive in the long term but I yeah. think it's exciting to see that there are more opportunities popping up and that so for like younger people here who want to do this there is the chance to do this and maybe that will I guess like in a year or two we can see how that sort of plays out but um, I do think that I want to be able to play a part in sort of helping that and I hope that almost will be able to be you know a part of this oh Um, that'd be great yeah yeah you're right. Actually, we're talking about in a year or two, we're going to be able to see some change. I don't have to wait until five or 10 years, right? <laughs> yeah, because things change so fast nowadays. But um, I think that would really be amazing if we have more and more, you know, like um, international media, English media, so that we can reach more, you know, to the world and, and the world gets to learn more about Taiwan. I mean, this should have been in the coming long, long time ago. Yeah. We need more people like you. Um, your team. Uh, I'm curious, is it all women on your yeah, team? Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> it, it, I swear it wasn't on purpose, but it just okay. ended up, the people who applied all ended up being young women. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, you're, they just all ended up being the best for the job. And so now I have a little crew of, you know, girls who work with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you're not, you, you welcome yes, men, yes, right? Yes, I do, so, I do. Okay, we're just, making this announcement yes, out there. Yes, we, okay. we do. Uh, we welcome people of all genders <laughs> and, and ages. And I think it was just whenever I was looking these were the people the best people who applied at the time Um, but I think yeah like what you said it's sort of like good that we have these sort of media outlets and that we can share you know stories of Taiwan connect Taiwan more with the world so like same with what we are trying to do with like the Chinese account of almost is to like you know make people in Taiwan and connect with the world more but also with the English account we can sort of you know connect the world with Taiwan a little bit more as well just sort of start to build that sort of bridge you can't take a day off and say no news from almost right no not really this and is it's, this is it's, a lot of work it's a it's been my life for a few years now and <laughs> the funniest thing is like life. i love this is just like my, my the anecdote i love telling it's like every time i go on holiday something bad happens <laughs> so one time i was on holiday with my friend in bulgaria and i was working at buzzfeed at the time and i was running the world account by myself and then the notre dame went on fire and we were at dinner and yeah. i was like oh sorry i have to go back and like post this now and then you know i'm out with my friends somewhere and then there's like in in madrid and there's like a terrorist attack and oh, then yeah. you know it's on, on like valentine's day like prince philip dies and so it's like mm. or something like that it's yeah. just it's just very funny because yeah. i'm just like i could never take a break because if i, I take know. a break then something bad something is gonna happen <laughs> okay well thank you so much cassie thank you so much for having me all right 